In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Today's episode is going to dive deep into how to create intention and practice around meaningful experiences. Ironically, this episode was going to be on documenting adventure initially, and it's been a couple weeks here where we've had really low temperatures and our adventure threshold seems pretty low. (laughs) And so I also felt like we needed to think about this episode, not just on the back end of adventure, but on the front end of adventure. How do we create the intention so that you have a meaningful experience? And then how do you practice really reflecting and documenting that to have deeper connection? I I feel like we're not alone all of a sudden. I'm looking at the temperatures across the country. Sorry, Texas. Boy, I'm sure that's shell shock. I had to laugh when I saw a meme that said, Southerners, don't go anywhere. Northerners, get your coats on. (laughs) Because that's a little bit of how I feel. We feel pretty blessed to have been able to manage through the double digit negatives and are surviving just fine. But boy, I feel really bad for those who are really struggling in these weathers that this isn't comfortable. And sometimes that's where learning and growth happens. So I hope you can find support and community in this space. I hope you're able to support each other. And I know a lot of you are without power. So I just want to acknowledge that you have some sympathy here and empathy from the North. About five years ago, I was working on my goals. I am a longtime achiever. I would say a recovering achiever where I was working on my goals and what I wanted is actually for work. So I was trying to create my yearly plan and what I wanted my goals to be. And I participated in a session. It was a day long session to really help you focus and define your goals so that you would have the best year yet. And one of the questions was, imagine It's 10 years from now, and you've just had the best year of your life. What is it you say? Like you have to say, I accomplished this, or I feel like this, and put some language behind it. And the quote that I wrote down was, every day felt like vacation. And if you think about that, I wasn't sure what that meant, but it was intriguing to me. I think it was Bill Gates who said you underpredict what you can accomplish in 10 years, but you overpredict what you can accomplish in a year. And so I was like, well, if that's 10 years out, let me start thinking about that now and start framing what might that look like this year. This eventually led to the joy audit, which I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I think it was episode nine on chasing joy. You can learn a little bit more about my joy audit experiment. But what I found was as we started to unpack what vacation was for us, it was more about creating this connection to remove the distractions from daily life and just be a family while also experiencing new and different things. And so it didn't necessarily require travel. And that was my first moment when I had always felt like I had to escape 
to have this experience and realized I didn't necessarily have to do that if this was what a vacation meant to me. So it started to reframe what did adventure mean versus what did a vacation mean? And it helped create this opportunity for intention. I participate in mindfulness practices occasionally. And one of them recently was that, you know, you just you don't necessarily have to focus on the big picture all the time if you can focus on little tidbits. So in a 10 minute practice, your intention is to focus on the breath. And if you lose that focus or if you find your mind wandering, just refocus back to the breath. And I really kept finding myself with these vacation ideas that I kept going to the place or the thing or the how I wanted to be in that space without bringing it back home. And so this has led me to a practice of how to create intention in every day. And I use a practice, I don't even know what to call it. It's the three things. Again, going back to strategic planning, I was once told if you focus on three things, you can get three things done. If you focus on five things, you can get three things done. If you focus on 12 things, you'll get two things done because you'll start to get so overwhelmed with the list. So the moral of the story is focus on three things. And when I do that now, I don't do it every day, but when I do it, I feel pretty good about it because it helps keep me accountable. It helps keep me focused. And those three things typically carve out a piece of work, some big project that I want to advance at work, a piece of myself, what am I wanting to do to improve myself or stay healthy. And it also includes family. And often that's where we see the adventure and the connection and that intentionality around doing something together falls into my day. (laughs) There's also the research around building habits. And I apologize, I'm not going to know the source of this. I read something earlier this year, I think it was just in an article, that it takes 66 days to build a habit. And so I've been trying to practice this intentionality for the for quite a while, actually. I have done the three things throughout 2020. Well, in the heat of 2020, I got back to it and just found that that clarity and simplicity of having three things each day really helped me frame what is it that I'm trying to achieve. So I want to challenge you to think about what is it that you want the adventure experience to be like, but not necessarily for this summer, maybe the next week. What might adventure look like next week and how can we create some intentionality around it and make it simple enough that it's tangible and you're able to take the first step? I will give you one example of something I've been working on. Uh, We are, again, trying to make it through winter here. We do not have anything real exciting planned. (laughs) And so I decided we had to create some intentionality. We're getting a little stir crazy. I've been searching for this all winter. We do a seasonal adventure list. It was on our winter adventure list to create an igloo. And everything I found required good snow. And finally, I found a tutorial that I can use by making our own ice sheets. So I'm not a Pinterest mom anymore. I I don't aspire to be a Pinterest mom. So I don't know if this is actually going to turn out. So we started the process. We're taking steps now. We'll see how far it goes. But it's giving us something to look forward to and to have these fun connection moments outside in the cold. And once we're out there, it's not as bad as it's not as bad as it seems, which seems a little crazy when it's like negative 11. But it's true. So I think there's some element of documenting that helps create the intentionality and helps create focus. On the flip side of that, 
When you document that experience afterwards, it also creates a deeper connection. If you listen to episode 10, Jessica Jens talks through how adventure education is really transformative. And the part of that experience that makes it so transformative is the reflection process. And there's many different ways you can reflect on an experience. There are, I don't know, I would say there's kind of the capture aspect of the reflection. And then there's the creation. What do you do with that once you have it? This practice of documenting or capturing or creating something and reflecting on that experience actually helps shift things from your short-term memory to your long-term memory. So you're actually, by doing this reflective practice, you're actually creating and building memories in your brain for future use. And that's the piece of connection that's so important, not just for yourself, you know, to connect to who you are and what that experience meant for you personally, but it also helps others connect to this experience. Friends and family and loved ones who see themselves in these experiences feel like they belong. I think about the times I would listen to stories of my grandma telling me what her childhood was like. And to me, my grandma was a lovely lady, but she was always old. I don't even know how to describe her, like soft, wrinkly. (laughs) She was all those amazing grandma things, right? So when she would tell me stories about how things were when she was younger, it was really hard for me to relate to those things because I never saw her in that light. We were just having a conversation this week with my kids around the dinner table about some of the things my kids used to do when they were little. And when we have a video that I can show them what that was like. For example, my daughter, I don't know why, when she was a couple years old, she would yell, mom, mom, mom. And if I didn't answer by the third time, she would yell for Heidi which is my first name. And we still laugh about that because, of course, that got my attention just like that. But I never thought to record it. You know, I think back now and go, oh, I wish I had it on audio or video or something so she could actually hear what it was like in our story, you know, that I'm not just telling her it to her. Generally speaking, most people don't remember what they hear. They remember what they do. They remember what they write. They remember what they create. They remember what they teach. So if you can get into the practice as a family, and it doesn't have to be everything, right? I'm not talking just a scrapbook for everything. That's not necessarily what I'm suggesting by this. What I'm saying is if you can help your kids and loved ones see themselves in their stories, there is evidence that shows that you are actually creating a memory and they see themselves belonging in your memory. So there is a deeper connection. Related to that connection is what if that documentation of that experience will help people who you will never meet? This might have implications on your legacy. This could have implications on how you inspire strangers to really connect to something that they didn't know they needed to connect to. It gives them voice. It gives them space to create a connection to something that's bigger than them. That reflection is, I know I'm going really deep here tonight, and I don't know quite how I got here, but I think There is regular data that shows that by creating these reflective practices, you are creating a deeper connection on multiple levels. So just to give you a couple tips, when I say document the experience, I mean... I have to be careful with this. So I was a photographer and I would do like a day in the life. I've seen a lot of the one second a day videos. I think those are super cool. For me, I also began journaling, and I think those are probably the two most common ways to do that. 
And I caution people to not get so caught up in the capturing aspect of it that you lose sight of the experience. There's been many times where I find the experience to be much more enriching when I don't have my phone. Balance that out to what works best for you. But when you go to the next pillar of creating, like how do you take that now and create something from it to help deepen the experience? There's a lot of people who will create books like Shutterfly books of a vacation or a year in review yearbook album. I know also a lot of people who create blogs from their life or from their experiences. So there's an element of writing and pictures. I also know many people who maybe collect things from the experience and then create artwork. So there's a lot of different ways. One of the practices we have for my daughter, who's trying to hit all the national parks, I wanted a little bit of a deeper connection to what was the experience like in this park. It wasn't just, yes, we were here, check the box. So for her, we have postcards. I actually bought an entire stack of postcards. For every part, we write the date on the back and she writes one sentence about the experience to herself. And then, of course, there's a couple pictures that go with it. But I know people that also collect stickers or they collect magnets. And that visual reminder is a reflection of the experience. Just to tell you a fun story, my mother is a coffee cup collector. I don't know if she does anymore, but she used to be a coffee cup collector. And for her 65th birthday, I took her to Waco, Texas. I knew she wanted to visit Magnolia Silos in Waco. And so I just, it was a fun mother-daughter long weekend. And she ended up buying a coffee mug and I ended up buying a coffee mug. And in 2020, when we weren't together very often, it was so common for us to take a picture of our coffee in our coffee mugs and send it to each other and just say, oh, sharing a cup of coffee with you this morning. And it was a fun connection. It was a visual reminder of that experience that really deepened the connection between us and brought back so many good memories of those four days that we spent together, just mother, daughter. Those are the types of ways that you can create both the intention and the practice for deeper, authentic connection. And it doesn't have to be something robust. It doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. It can just be something really simple that works for you and your family. I wanted to do this episode as a precursor to the next two episodes, which are with an author, Joanna Garten. I've mentioned her in previous episodes. So she wrote two books thus far. And the first one is really on her own family adventure story of international travel, international adoption, moving abroad. There's a lot of fun, juicy details in that story, Awakening East. So at the first episode, we're going to just talk about what it's like to write your own adventure story. And then she moved on to write someone else's adventure story, and that is Edge of the Map. The subject of Edge of the Map is no longer alive. So she had to go back and research and create all those stories from previous contacts and journals and videos and things that were left behind. So I thought there was a lot of really interesting aspects to documenting your adventure. And I wanted to get you thinking about that as we go into those next two episodes. By the way, if you have not read either book, I think you'll get so much more out of the episodes. We're not going to spend a ton of time unpacking the books. We're going to dive deeper into some of the meaning behind the stories and some of the behind the scenes work. So Awakening East and Edge of the Map, I'm putting both of them in the show notes. There is a coupon code for Edge of the Map. That is the newest that was released in 2020. 
So if you use the ordinary Sherpa, it's actually Sherpa is the coupon code. And I'll put all this in the show notes. You'll get 25% off. If you would like to connect with me in any way, I have been so thrilled to be getting some of your emails and your messages with questions. I read every single one and I have a smorgasbord of questions. It's going to be really hard for me to address all of them on the episode. So I just wanted to let you know that I do dive deeper into the questions. So for example, I had a question on screen time with my kids. I had a question on camping meals. I will be doing a upcoming newsletter to address some of those questions in my email newsletter. If you go to OrdinarySherpa.com on the homepage, you can subscribe to the Ordinary Sherpa, the adventure newsletter that we write. It's a monthly newsletter. I don't spam you. It's just it goes deeper into some of the content. I have had a number of guests reach out. I'm so excited about upcoming content. I'm kind of booked through April at this point. So I'm slowly getting to all of your requests. But I also just want to say thank you. Thank you for connecting with me. I don't ever want you to feel like you can't reach out to me. I'm here. I would love to connect. I love to hear feedback about what you're appreciating about the show. If you feel strongly enough about this show, leave a written review. That is one of the single best ways that Ordinary Sherpa will get exposed to more audiences. And join us on the Facebook group. I think that's the best way to interact in terms of meeting the other Sherpas, the other listeners who are on this journey. The Facebook group is facebook.com backslash groups backslash Ordinary Sherpa. And again, this is always in the show notes. So feel free on any episode to click on that link. Click subscribe to make sure you're always getting the new content. And I hope you find a way to create some intentionality and to connect and somehow document those stories for deeper connection in the future. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.